Hello! Hello! And welcome to a wondrously okay podcast. Just let, let this feeling of glory and pride overwhelm you as you listen to this, this dad and son's oh podcast. Someone, <laughs> someone, someone woke up on the right, right side of the bed. I am George Weedman, and my friends are Liam Edwards and Matt Visual. Yeah, hello. Ed, hello. Hi. And we are here to accompany you throughout your terrible week to talk about pop culture, video games, and the insanity that surrounds us all. I thought, why not start us off with the usual 2020 terrible topic du jour? What are the grocery stores like for you guys right now? In Atlanta, we don't know if we're locked down or not. The governor and the mayor are saying two different things. And I like I saw a group of kids hanging out by the sushi and the sandwiches at the door with a dog. They were holding a dog in their arms with mm. masks pulled down below the mouth, like like laughing and hooping and hollering and, and, and getting, you know, their their cough particles all over the building. Did the dog have a mask? The dog did not have a mask. If you are, are going to have the 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 chutzpah. To walk inside a grocery store with a dog with no mask on. At least at least put a mask on your own damn face. Oh, oh really? Well, well, keep it there, rather. Oh, there's no difference, really. It's become the new normal to just go into a supermarket and buy food with your mask on. It's, it's not crowded here as much as it uh, used to be. Are people actually doing that? Doing what? Wearing masks and going into the grocery store. Yeah. Because all I've heard about America is that nobody's wearing masks. And you had like 70,000 people in one day get grocery Now, if you go to Newport near the beach next to entire people, you see nobody wearing masks and going to restaurants and, and all that. And nobody's wearing masks. It's almost like there isn't the pandemic. You know, um, and, and that's that's the official strategy is to pretend that there isn't a pandemic. Yeah, you get you get the occasional person without a mask. Even I would say, well, not anymore, but before it was like even myself was like forgetting it in the car, no doubt. And I was just like, I have to walk back. Now I just walk back and get my mask because uh, it's skyrocketing right now, and. <laughs> I'm not trying to it get <laughs> I'm not trying to get sick. It is. It's yeah. skyrocketing and people are acting like it's not. Oh, it is. I mean, they closed the gyms again. They put some type of laws on restaurants that uh was already restrictions on law on on, on restaurants that were, were already happening. The no dining. So hopefully takeout is still good, like uh takeout to the to the back of the store, outdoor seating. You know, because I, I, I kind of still miss that and everyone kind of stays away from each other. So I don't know. Well, except for your friends. Your friends are all gathered up in one spot on one table, <laughs> which is I don't know. Um, I don't know how to feel like it's one of those things where it's just like, OK, you could stay inside for the rest of your life, which is what I guess what technically what people who are very radical about this want. But stay inside for for a year. But that's the thing, right? It's like 
people I'm not okay with that though. That's the thing. I'm not like I'm gonna go ahead and say I don't I don't wanna stay inside for a year. <laughs> you know? Well, but I do literally want literally staying inside for a year. But, there's 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 oh, trips to be made. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But um But that's the yeah. problem, right? The problem is is not that specific attitude, but an attitude similar to that is that this is never going to go away, so I'm just going to get my life back on track and do what the hell I want. Problem with Which that is, is bad. Yeah, nobody's life will be normal ever because that just exacerbates the situation even further. And unless people in a specific America and the UK are gonna wear masks and are gonna get used to this new normal, which is to wash your hands, you know, rub with alcohol <laughs> gel, and wear a mask. Wash your hands, man. It's never gonna go back to normal. You're going to have basically all of your elderly population are going to die. And there is going to be some sort of lingering virus that never goes away unless we find a vaccine that when you then become older, you're going to be susceptible to. And for as much as it seems to be hyped up about young people don't get affected by this. It's shows oh, no. that, like young in this recent studies. Very... Now we've had it for such a long time that it causes yeah. major heart failure in like a lot of young people. And it's like, what the hell is going on America? Fucking, <laughs> this thing's what, gonna kill you all. <laughs> I guess what I want is not the back and forth. What I want is that is either they get serious and lock down everyone and just just close it down like it used to be, mm. and they have aid for people and not just like have nobody with without jobs and people like people are getting evicted. Okay, when supposedly you're won't be. The, the the landlord wasn't going to be able to people are getting thrown out like it is fucking terrible right now yeah there's so much going on in the world the 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 movement everything that's just it's a clusterfuck people are don't care anymore they don't care so you, you, you where are you left at is either we get serious about the pandemic and be like yo Everyone stay home. Everyone do this. Everyone, but you ha you can't just make it for only some people and and all this. And people want to eat. People want yeah. People need jobs. People like what is yeah, the I, right? I, I don't move. know if if America is capable of no, being serious. I don't about think the pandemic so. at this point. I don't because think so. without yeah without government assistance securing people's rent payments and groceries. There's there's this element of frustration that comes from getting those mixed messages from from people in situations where you really can't stay home as easily as you can. And that frustration at hearing from from the governor that the state's supposed to be opened up and the economy is supposed to be open for people who live out in the countryside who may not have to go into a, a busy, crowded cramped downtown store versus hearing messages from the mayor of of that big downtown city about how everything has to be locked down is causing a backlash among a certain percentage of the population that is actively screwing up everything for the rest of us mm. yeah um, not, 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 to, not to get all crazy in the first minute of the podcast, but it's just like fucking hell. Fuck. I'm I am so annoyed, like about the gym and stuff. Like I'm I'm just like calm about it, but I'm also really annoyed. It's just it's just uh it's it's just like okay, what what are we doing here? Like what are 
what are we doing here? We're all going to get pudgy. <laughs> I've heard that there's TV commercials now, and, and I'm already there. I've, yeah. I have pudged. I, I think I, I pudged up like like uh, four or five weeks ago, but um I don't I don't know if you guys still watch TV or not, but I've heard that that at least here in in America that frustrating mixed messages is happening in commercial. I've heard that there are commercials that'll have a message that's something like here throughout these shitty times that are awful, we're in it together. Before another commercial will play, it'll be like, now that the shitty times are behind us and we're reopening the economy again, buy this new product together with us. And I, I don't know if, if you guys have TV or not. Have you guys seen that? Is that, no. is that what it's like? No, I haven't watched TV in quite, quite a while. Well, regular TV, anyway. I mean, I, I don't watch Japanese okay. TV at all, so... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the we're all in this together commercials are like in, in Japanese. <laughs> Non-existent because we don't have, well, I mean, to, apart from Tokyo, we're pretty much okay. And everybody's wearing a mask. And when I go to the supermarket or whatever, yeah. everybody's wearing a mask. And there's when you walk in the door, there is temperature sensors and there is alcohol gel and there's spray. And it's like in Japan, all the workers are wearing gloves, they're wearing masks. They clean everything. It's like, hey, look what happens when we all work together. <laughs> we can all go out and do things. Yeah, Bars are open. I, I went to karaoke once. That was pretty cool. But, you I, know. I, I wonder if a we're all in this together commercial in Japan might come off as less sarcastic. Or like less patronizing. Probably. Probably, right, Liam? Because like... Are they actually in this all together? <laughs> I don't think that would. I don't think they would even exist. To be honest, I don't. Because I, there's no need. It doesn't change yeah. anything about Japanese culture that didn't already exist. Which is everybody wears a mask when there is the flu going around. Like Japan is seriously susceptible to influenza every winter. It's a big thing in Japan. So every winter, everybody knows to get one the vaccine or the flu shot or whatever. Yeah, and to wear a mask in the office. It's not to protect you, it's to protect others from you. And it's just common courtesy in Japan. It's a social faux pas to cough and not be wearing a mask. You will get asked by your like employer or you know fellow colleagues to wear a mask if it mm -hmm. seems that you're sick. Um it's just the way it is. So it's 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 mad. But then here there's a bunch of videos about people. Yeah. A bunch of people just like, I don't want to wear a mask. It's yeah. not a lie. I should be able to do whatever I want. Yeah, lowers your oxygen content. It's God's clean air. Get the gun, <laughs> Billy. Yeah, it's it's just come on, guys. It's it's mad. You're it's it's mad. Like, I'm sorry, guys. I don't know what to say to both of you. Like, you live in crazy, bizarro world. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm used to it by now. To be honest, this is just a continuation of bizarro world. And then just get bizarre. <laughs> it was already bizarre for me. <laughs> I'm looking. I, I wonder if we'll ever take the step back to bizarre world instead of bizarro. <laughs> On the flip side of that, you can stay inside and isolate while playing video games. If you're partial to that. Oh, watching some God. Netflix. Ooh. Ooh, a little bit of Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. I get some Netflix in. Was it dark? Or no? Are you watching chill. dark? 
Doc? It's on the list. It's on the Fuck. list. Okay. It, it's <sighs> two seasons so that I have to catch up to. And I feel like I need to rewatch the first amazing season. Amazing season. Okay, so what you been doing? What you been watching? Shoot, I to be honest, I've been pretty busy. Um, but <laughs> I finished a way out and that was a completely garbage game. I mean oh complete shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was hoping your mind would change by Deja the vu. end, but no. guess not. Me me and me and Pat were looking at lists for co-op games and he was telling me that uh he sees a way out at the top of every list. Because you're looking for another game and a way yeah, out. Yeah, because you top. two are the weirdos. Yes. Everyone yes, else I'm, on I'm the okay planet loves this game. Everyone. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Now you get to be the weirdo. Yeah. How how does it feel? Uh, I, to be honest, <laughs> to be honest, it feels like I don't like games anymore. Because if that's considered an okay game, then mm. I'm I have no mm. taste whatsoever. God damn it. Because god that is Liam, Liam. Oh my god. Oh my god. If Liam were to play, I swear to you, George, he would not like it. He would pick it apart in his own Liam way. He'll be like nice about it at first and then as he spends more and more time, wastes more and more of his time, he's going to be like, "Oh no. No, this is How long was garbage. it in the end? Uh, it's not about five, five, five hours and thirty minutes. That's that's at least in its that's in its favor at least. So this is the thing. So this is as uh, you know something I, I briefly want to talk about. So myself and my partner have been living together for like three or four months now. You know, we moved in and we started. You know, trying to play games. She never played mm. games ever since she was a kid. Maybe she played Pokemon. You know, she's Japanese but has never played games. And I got her to play one game from start to finish in one oh. night. And it was a short hike. Yay. What? Seriously? She sat down and played it? Yeah. I was like, hey, we're going to play this game. Like, I, you know, I'm not going to hold the controller. You're going to do it. I'll help you out. <laughs> and obviously, she didn't explore the whole island. She didn't really know what she was doing. But a short hike is so well designed that it's so hard not to make it to the end whilst. It's like, you oh, know, you got to go up to the top. Right. You just get to the top, right? And I explain, you know, you got to get going. It's so open. So that's the thing. So actually, it's funny because as long as you walk around one side, you actually have to fly to the other side of the island, right? So the game is so, so go in its favor. Like, actually, if you walk most of the time and do a little bit of jumping, you can actually make it to the parts where you need to get to the top without having to do extensive bits of flying. And also, you can get enough golden feathers from buying it from the visitor center and from finding it and then paying the guy that all she was doing was looking for coins to pay. And then she got enough to, you know, with some little push and shove at the end, get to yeah, f- fuck, fuck that guy at the hill. Fuck yeah. That fuck guy. that guy at the hill, <laughs> but she did it and she finished it and it was amazing. And, and she was like, I really enjoyed that. And I'm like, now I'm thinking, okay, how do we play more games? It's hard to find more games that are like a short hike. A short hike is a special little game. Yeah, it's yeah. such a great special sure. game. And I can't believe how well, you know, she took to it. I mean, at the end when, you know, spoilers for short hike, at the end when you're at the top, you know, she was like, wow, this is beautiful. What an amazing thing. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this is what video games can be like. 
So now I'm looking into what are like local multiplayer games that I can play where her, you know, maybe her inexperience, let's say. Last of Us, obviously. The Last of Us. Well, that's the thing is I played a little bit of that and she has like a morbid curiosity for horror, even though she's terrified. She watched me play play Resident Evil 2 and she, she enjoyed watching that. Really? But she she had a morbid curiosity about Last of Us, but then she tried to play it. And this goes back to uh, there's an incredible video by uh, Rasputin, a YouTuber, about mm. making his partner who's never played games play games. Yeah, 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 I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. that video speaks so true because I was watching her play The Last of Us, and the right stick camera is just impossible for people who've never yes. played games. Yeah, it's just impossible. So a short hike having a static camera was part of the reason I chose it. I was like, well, she doesn't have to fuck up the camera. All she can do is rotate, you know, the camera. That's why you do snipper clips, man. That's why you do snipper (laughs) clips. Yes. See, so this is the thing. That's on the list. And a way out kind of, I was like, hmm, maybe it's narrative driven, like kind Mm. of maybe a bit easy on the Don't you fucking dare. But then you. (laughs) Fucking dare. (laughs) Then you sold me that I shouldn't even bother. So uh, that got, that got crossed off. Do not waste your money on that piece of shit. Do it's not. a fine game. It's totally <laughs> fine. The writing is horrible. Oh, that's subjective. No, it's not. It's absolutely not. It's actually pretty shit. It's actually absolute shit. <laughs> it's actually- <laughs> is it Life is Strange bad? It is not no, David Cage no, bad. No, it is worse than both. Of the- it's just bland. This is what <laughs> Europeans or whatever think about America. Hey, so yeah. what you're doing? I'm doing okay. You know, gas is so expensive. Oh, okay, glad to hear that. That's a conversation. That's a fucking conversation. And it's absolute shit. It's absolute shit. Like, they have all these little bits of conversation all throughout <laughs> the game. And all you can do is bust out fucking laughing. The guy who plays the main character is like the brother of like the director guy who says, I did hear about that. And he is proper bad. The other voice actors are kind of okay sometimes, but Mm. whoever was doing the voice directing messed up a couple times. I did for sure. No doubt. No doubt. You know, there, there's like, like George is talking about like certain moments when like you're robbing somewhere and both characters have to kind of pay attention to what's going on. But those moments are like a half of a hand. <laughs> there are three scenes in that game that I have like legit fond. Half of a hand. Half of legitimately a Legitimately <laughs> fond memories of as some of the best gaming I had that year. Whoa. So it's all subjective and into the eyes I of think, the beholder and your your mileage me, may vary. No, no, no. I, I think what, if a listener's listening to this, think about what George <laughs> played during that year. Okay, think about what he comes to the podcast playing, all right? And then make that choice. <laughs> you, you guys don't want to see George's scam right now. <laughs> so you didn't like like the old folks home in the beginning when, when you, you play the banjo and, and look at their family photos and, and Wait, piece old, together cute little environmental home? storytelling and fix up their truck. No, it's I before the, the hilarious boat scene where the indestructible boat. See, I feel like I should play 
to be the middle ground to see which side it falls. Because the YouTube comments, to be fair, of last week's episode were pretty in George's favor, I've got to be honest. A lot of people were surprised you didn't enjoy it. I don't <laughs> look at your terrible opinions, okay? <laughs> okay, audience? I don't look at... <laughs> It's absolute garment. YouTube Did I comments are generally not the best place on the internet. No, but anyways. No, no, no. I'm I'm joking. I'm joking. But like, what, what about the the hospital escape sequence? I thought that shit was hilarious. Like, like me and Colin were laughing our asses off for like ten straight minutes through that shit. There were some failed QTEs that caused some some glitch comedy, sure, but that's just that's part of it. I have a tolerance for that. Yeah. Hospital escape sequence, hilarious stunts, stumbles and tumbles. There were some dashes this, out windows. Okay. I'll say Detroit, you've you the chase scenes and those action pieces, they feel quite good, you know? Be you using the con- <sighs> this districts, right? When you play a way out it's like, oh, when do I press X? That is the game. When do I fucking press X? You're all on rails. <laughs> if Liam plays this Whenever. game, he's going to understand how it was made. And he's going to understand how basic this shit is. Like, I'll bet. And I'm say, it's just like, there's no. Compl- <laughs> it, it's, it's literally you go this way. When you're driving a car, it pushes you where to go. In the, in, oh my gosh, the. The boat section. I'm not going to talk about the boat section. Oh, that boat section's goddamn hilarious. <laughs> okay, Matt, what about the ending? Without spoiling the specifics, I thought there were very cool twists related to gameplay at the ending. Spoil it. Spoil it. But both gameplay and story-wise. Like, that's it all came together at the end, and that's when my mind changed. And now when I look back on it after that ending... I start thinking, man, what a neato game. Okay, so do you want me to just give you a vague answer? I'll mark it down. We'll we'll put a spoiler alert for the ending of A Way Out here. I'm listening. Spoiler alert. Yeah. It, 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 spoil yourself. It doesn't matter. If you want a way out of this A Way Out spoiler talk, then skip to like 30 minutes, 21 seconds. It was cool, but the thing is, the game leading up to this was bad. That's a, that's the thing. Like in the beginning of the game, you're you're they 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 treat you to a scene of them in the airplane, correct? And it's almost like they're not friends. But right. as the game goes on, all of a sudden he's a lot nicer and both like like it's such a disconnect. And I and I called right, it. Right. I could no, Yeah, you did. Yeah, but uh, it's a, no, it's a dis. That's terrible. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you fucking mean? Like it's so plain. You noticed something weird in the beginning of the story that turned out to be a Chekhov's gun for twists later on. <sighs> okay, you know what? I'm not even bother. Like you love this game, so I'm just gonna let you be. The ending, the 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 ending. Oh, I don't know if I love it, but it's it's clever. The ending, it, it's clever little game. This is like the moment where. Like he built the game just for this moment. Like this is like <laughs> this is his like. Oh yeah, you, you you when you play this game, you're gonna be amazed. You played together this whole time, and now you're gonna be against each other. You know that's that's basically okay. So we we got we got to explain for Liam though, because he hasn't played it and he doesn't know what we're talking about. You break out of jail, baby jail, because 
They yeah. break out of jail somehow. It's, it's suspiciously easy. Fucking easy. And um, you, you, your partner is very good at these high tech spy moves that break you guys out of jail suspiciously easy. No, no, there's no high tech spy moves. Literally, they passed a wrench through a fucking bar. Okay, it was it was fucking awful. The the, <laughs> the cars were fucking awful. What happened was um I was playing the robber and the other guy was playing kind of like the murderer um rough dude, the guy with the better voice acting, and one of the dudes were a cop, turns on the other guy. I'm the guy that he that that turns on. That's the secret. That's the big ending That's twist. That's the big ending twist. So and one then is a cop. I Yeah. One is a cop. And then they, you proceed to have a firefight that is also Against on rails. Against each other. Also on rails. It, it turns rails. into like a, a FPS style control scheme for like a yes. good 10 minutes at the end. But where, where you're like screen peeking at each other and still trying to shoot each other, but you don't know if you're still playing a cooperative game. It's fucking but, cool. But okay? nothing changes in the game. Nothing changes in the game. It, whatever you do, even if one person wins that firefight or not, you still end up at the same exact place and see the exact sack scenes, except for like winning scenes for the other guy. The characters change. Yeah, yeah, depending on the who wins. The only time that it matters is at the very, very, very end, after he's done masturbating his piece for <laughs> for the scene, um, where he where you have to tap X again, tap X again to fucking grab a gun. And then the other guy shoots the other guy. Pat can ta- tap X way better than I can, but we were kind of <laughs> wanting the, the cop to win in a way because his voice acting was better. But then the cop goes and tells- Isn't that interesting? No, he goes- That, that you guys the cop, have like the cop, the cop preferred choice? The, the cop killed a guy that he was, I guess, developed- if they, they want you to feel that they developed a, a relationship. I'm using bunny ears here. Sarcasm quotes. With, with a, 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 an actual, you know, not wife, but girlfriend that supports him. Yeah. And a kid that absolutely needs him in his life. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember that kid. Absolutely needs him in his life. And this bitch has the nerve to go back and actually tell her that he killed her. It is the scene going the, the the camera going around around the 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 trailer was quite good, but other than that, no, like that that was it was heart wrenching to be like I was just like this is so cringy, this is so cringy. I I gotta say like to be honest, all that for that ending, yeah, I don't know. It was cool if it was executed better. For sure. It would have been cool if it executed better, but I did not like I do like the idea and concept. The end of, you know, if you played with a friend, and then in the end, you turn on each other to finish the game. I like that. In concept. On paper. It's a good idea. But the execution sounds like it doesn't really change anything. I think you should play it. I don't know if you should play it with with your your girlfriend. Don't do it. But But I want to shoot her now. It's so manly. It's like... That's that's very Japanese of you. She's more manly than me. Two bros stumble and tumble their way through movie references. And I I saw one comment that I don't know if they're fully aware that that the game's super duper blatant about that. Like in the beginning, you're, you're going through Shawshank and Green Mile. 
In the middle of the game, you get chased after by the villain from No Country for Old Men at some point. At the end, he starts going through Michael Mann movies. There's Heat and... Um, Scarface. So nothing is original. The Departed. No, yeah, it is. No. It is inspired. It's 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 the 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 manly action movie, the video game, the experience with the friend. This is why they denied him in Hollywood. Okay, <laughs> it's because his story was absolute garbage. <laughs> I I uh, the, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I've never been so sure about myself about a video game being absolute garbage and not worth your money. Other than this point right now, do not buy this game unless you want to get drunk with a friend and laugh at it. There is no other way to enjoy this game. If you buy it to be serious, thinking that you're going to get a great co-op experience, you are going to be disappointed. Do not <laughs> do that for to yourself at all. At all. You are playing this game to press X and talk to your friend and laugh at the dialogue. That is this game. That is it. I am sorry if you enjoyed it, but that's just right. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently I'm wrong, right? And I'm okay with that. I'm completely okay with feel? that. How does it feel? I'm okay <laughs> with that. Because <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's not like I'm playing. There's like a lot of games that are like, it's not like I'm playing Death Stranding where people can t kind of have a different experience, right? Or Ancestors. Dude, I am all about these oh weird games that are God. on that line. Ancestors is, a, is like way more interesting than fucking A Way Out, okay? A Way Out is ah. literally just like boom, 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 boom. If it was reversed, we would hear the exact opposite direction of the same sense. Really? <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's more like whatever whatever game you most recently played that you didn't like is the one that's going to be completely ridiculous compared to the previous game that was on the list that you played that you didn't to, like. To, to, to be honest, I I stopped playing Ancestors, so you might be right there. I actually finished A Way Out, but it might have been obligation. <laughs> I was like, we need to finish this, friend. Let's finish this. And we finished it. There's no way out. There is no way out. Perfectly You didn't said. find a way out. Just before we leave that, if anybody has any suggestions of co-op or introductionary experiences... Oh, I can give you a few. I would be uh, heartily appreciative. I'm so glad Matt brought up Snipper Clips. Snipper Clips is like... Yeah, oh, I, shit. I've, I've, I've played Snipper Clips before, so... Top bar, dude. <laughs> Have you actually played Animal Crossing's local co-op mode? Yeah, briefly. Because it is really freaking good. Yeah. Well, it's not because the other person can't have an island to themselves, but yeah. But it's basically like playing Animal Crossing, except whoever is the last person to touch the controller gets camera priority and all the functions. So what what happened is that when I was playing it with my non-video game friend, like she would basically switch over to cell phone, click around a bit and completely tune out of the game. And it was fine. And then as soon as you tap a button on the controller, you're back again. And it's... And the spirit of Animal Crossing being like like entry level and friendly and accessible, it's so high up there and so good in terms mm. of how it employs local co-op. Highly recommended. Um, I loved playing Sackboy with with friends. Sackboy. Oh, Little Big Planet. Little Big Planet. Um, yeah, there's no way to play that right now, is there? Unfortunately, is there uh, not? PS3 or they never made PS4 versions of those I games. They made a PS4 nope. version. What the fuck, your Nope. That's... Little Big Planet Three was the last one. It was on PlayStation. Wild. 3. I didn't. I thought they ported it over. There's a new game coming out 
not by them. It's mascot. It's not anymore, is it? It, it was in that little sack boy was in PlayStation All Stars um, Super Smush siblings, which was on. Wait, was Play- Little Big Planet three? Yeah, PlayStation it was announced. Oh, it was announced, man. Oh. I'm tripping. Oh. Sorry, fellas. <laughs> Back in 2000, 2014. That's why. That's why. Holy shit! Came out the year it came out. That's why. Yeah, like that. Like uh, I don't know if they still have like user created levels, but like. That that was fun. I don't know if that's, I could that's go a back dope to thing. the little big planet uh, platforming floaty field. controls. It's yeah. so floaty. Yeah, I'm not yeah, not floaty. a fan. I enjoyed the yeah. first game, but I was very much done after that. Just like just see, it's probably pretty cheap. So like, there's like a mm. bunch of stuff you can kind of like try out. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm always a fan of mount your friends as a first date mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh Dance yeah, game. yeah. The, the dicks just swinging around. And the guys with their mouths open, great. Oh, people um, who have no context are very, very confused. <laughs> Sumotori Dreams is is a fun multiplayer game where both players just mash buttons and hilarious ragdoll shit happens on screen. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. There's 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 quite a bit, especially if you go off of PC. To be honest, if you go, you pull in your your Nintendos, you should be able to find like a. I'm pretty How good. well did she adapt to um a short hike's camera angle and jumps cuz when I tried to plug like like my my non-gamer friend did have a little, kind of a hard time with some of some of that stuff. Uh she didn't struggle as much as I thought she was going to and and I think that's a testament to this game. Honestly, I think a lot of what she would have struggled with with other games is down to how well tuned this game is. I think the jumping was a little difficult. She, you know, she, sometimes she would miss the ledge because she couldn't tell. The depth perception is a bit hit and miss in that game. You know, platforms look askew, but they're not quite, and you, she would miss it. You know, there's a couple of jumps where she would fall down to quite a majority of the mountain she would fall down to, and then she'd climb back up and stuff like that. But yeah, for the most part, it wasn't that too, too much. You could definitely tell sometimes. And it's another thing, uh, you know, it's interesting at considering, you know, I make games, but to watch somebody play and like, mm-hmm. I would notice shells and coins and mm-hmm. spots to dig and all mm-hmm. that. And I'd be like, did you see that? Did you not see that? And she's like, what? And I'd be like, there's a coin right there. And she's like, I can't see it. It's right there in the bottom, in the bottom left of the corner behind the tree where I can see this little sparkly dot. <laughs> For her, it's like the peripheral vision isn't expecting anything like that. It's just not paying attention. Because the game's not taught her to do that. Yeah. It's just something that the game takes for granted. Right. Because the people who play it are video game literates. Yeah. And it's yeah. interesting. And it's super interesting to see how, you know, how much she would miss. Like, even the big, you know, marks on the ground where you could dig. It was a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. The hatch marks. Yeah. Like, she just wouldn't notice that, them. That symbol means shovel. Nothing about that to normal people means shovel. But to yeah. us, that symbol means shovel. But she wouldn't. She, it's not even that. She just wouldn't even see it. And then she'd try and equip the menu, like, press start and press B instead of A. And all these weird things that we just take for granted. And, like, just because people are video game literate. It's super interesting. If, if people want to know more, the video by Resputin on it is very, very good. Very um, good. Yeah. Very, very good video. I'll give you a, a couple things because it all depends on what she's into outside of games. Like, 
there's stressful ones you can play, but I don't know if you want a stressful one like No, I don't think that would fly. Yeah, yeah, like you know, Cuphead or Overcooked. I think like Overcooked is too stressful for someone who's never played games. It depends on the yeah. it'll depend on the person. Lovers in the um in a dangerous space time. Lovers in a dangerous space time. That could be pretty. It's also pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and if she likes just being able to sit down and just kind of sit next to you and make choices and like talk mm-hmm. about certain um choices that could come up in the game, like um Telltale series and stuff like that. So I would say like That's until dawn. If she likes scary movies, like... Oh, yeah. She does have a morbid curiosity for horror. Yes. Until Dawn is is pretty interesting because it, it's like playing a movie. And that will get her used to um, using two sticks, right? Because it, it, yeah. it controls it a little bit, but you have to still use it. So, like, it's just an easy way to kind of slowly bring her up to gamer status. And then all of a sudden, she'll be... Through- <laughs> 360 no scoping <laughs> little kids in, in Call of Duty in no time. She's she's <laughs> going to hate women and minorities. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And live live in her mom's basement all of a sudden. Like, oh, <laughs> this was nice, but... Yeah. She'll grow a neck beard. She'll be on to beat George, considering I watched you play Warzone the other day. Ooh. Wasn't, wasn't impressed, my friend. He likes to camp, it, doesn't he? He likes to camp, doesn't he? He died in the gulag, from what I could see. But, I, but so, I so did the guy you were playing with. So I feel like I I've been know. too mean to George lately. <laughs> I'm gonna be nicer <laughs> we do need now. To tone it down. I'm gonna be nicer. Did you get to see any Hunt Showdown? No, I didn't. No. Yeah, because I I wanted to give a big talk over over that game this week because that's that's what I got into this past week. I got good at Hunt Showdown. That game has been one of the most interesting hills to climb yeah. in in terms of getting good at a multiplayer game. I don't know if I want to recommend it to the average listener. I don't even know if I would recommend it to you guys and I don't even know if it'll become like like a big favorite multiplayer game of mine as the years roll on. But holy crap, what a fascinating week it has been. So you continued playing it. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I'm like 40 something hours in. I thought you said that you you were like, "Oh my god, 40 hours." I thought you said you were like, oh, I no, nope. yeah, I'm I'm going back and forth. The game has a system that makes a lot of matches most of the time play very, very uneventfully. But when you get a good match where you do have a lot of action and a lot of events, my God, it's it's sublime if you're in the right mood for that game. Almost all the, the combat is sniper duels. So it's a very quiet stealth sniper dueling multiplayer game. It gamifies the old Western cowboy shootout style of of tension and gunplay where hearing the wood creaking in the cabin next to yours means that there's a bad guy in there. Or seeing birds scatter out of the tree line in the distance means that there's bad guys in the trees. So what you end up doing is adopting this mindset of thinking it's not necessarily the human being pointing a gun shooting at me with it that I want to avoid so much as it's the dangerous zones in the map. So they throw you into a big open world sandbox battle royale style map, but with only 12 players. But generally, most every weapon in the arsenal here is going to be like a super slow one hit KO sniper. Like the weaker pistols won't kill in one hit, but you generally will want to kill with your follow up shots if you don't kill with the first shot. A lot of the combat will be a lightning strike where you'll die in one hit. But as you get used to the game and learn how to avoid 
uh, bushes in the distance and the tree lines or the cabins next to you, you start to treat the environment as the bad guy and start to think, oh, I didn't get shot by that player. I got shot by that bush or that house. Yeah. And so you move in, in ways where you're drawing imaginary lines coming out of windows of the houses with, with pie graphs going inside your head to determine where you can walk and where you can't. Like whatever that bush can see is lava. <laughs> You don't walk in that bush's line of sight because you'll just get popped from from some angle you don't see through the slats in the wood of of the the enemy's cover. You um you have to treat all of all of the combat in that game as a sniper duel. That that feeling I love in a good battle royale game of how just sprinting across an open field will feel like a little minor accomplishment is like bumped up to the next level here. Hmm. That's that's what I really appreciate about this game are those tense uh sound dependent sniper dueling moments the pve system that it's built with has a lot of um opportunity for matches to go that'll just be you versus the ai enemies and that's when i'll start to be a little more turned off of the game a lot of matches will involve me running into an area completely alone, killing some AI monsters completely alone, and then escaping completely alone. And that is always less interesting than going up against another player. Like, you know, mind games is something that you don't really get with an AI. And and like setting a trap that you see another player fall into and then not be able to understand and then get zapped by your own sightline you carefully set up and camped into in your cabin with some slat in between the wood that you're pointing your gun through for someone to walk into feels so good because you have to route them into that danger zone. Mm. So um, I've developed a strategy where I will get out a player with a lot of trip wires and I will plant them in the woods outside of whatever farm the enemies are going to be hiding in. And then I'll get to the opposite angle of the farm. They'll see me on one end of the farm, run to the other side to try and escape in the woods thinking they're safe, but then they'll start running into traps and that'll alert other players hiding out in the woods to where they were. And it it has that quick time to kill lightning strike deaths, but it will feel like a strategy game when it's happening. Like you'll start visioning little pointers moving around the maps in, in a dynamic, fun way that is is just so fascinating because you don't see any of it. You just have to like hear it and deduce it. Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've watched some gameplay ever since you guys mentioned it in the chat mm. and it looks quite interesting. It looks a little bit slower, which is quite nice to be honest, like from the tactical sprint dash crouch cancel thing that you have to do in fucking Warzone just to move around efficiently. But if you don't like camping, um, I don't like camping like, now. This is a camping game. It is a game for people who who like camping and like going up against campers. Mm. I think, to be honest, I think that's just the way you play, though. Because, like, yeah. there are plenty, like, is Warzone. You think of Warzone as a camping game when Warzone is an app, like, if you watch any player who's won a game, they absolutely don't camp, ever. They're out there in the open, constantly rushing people. I think it's just the way you like to play. And then this game kind of stealth helps games. you. Yes. Yeah. And it it's helps a you game. with their enjoyment. And I think that's, that's probably why it works. There are not many good multiplayer stealth games. So this is like yeah. one of the few. And it's such a hard balance to strike too. Because having other human beings fall for stealth traps 
That's something you can't guarantee. And in a video game where you only have so many tricks up your sleeve too, it's no guarantee that the same human beings will fall for the same trap more than three times in a row, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um... Uh, uh, Hunt Showdown kind of seems to take the the rocky, unpredictable route of multiplayer stealth games by not giving anyone like magical invisibility armor, yeah. but just making all the guns really, really powerful, very, very slow, and making everyone's footsteps very, very loud. <laughs> like it's it's a map with a shitload of cover, but no no magic high tech devices. It's all like old world <laughs> sniper dueling. I I prefer that to. To be honest, I prefer that. Like, it's, it's something that's why I always enjoy Gears of War. Where and I, there's like a playlist that's literally only shotguns. You go in there and you can just do work, do work. There's no <laughs> random nade. There's no your teammates didn't um, secure the the power weapon, so you're not just getting blasted from like across the map by some sniper or boom shot. Like, there's there's none of that, you know. And I. I I might I might like Hunt. I might like You Hunt. might. Yeah. Like yeah. and I love good audio. Warzone mm. does not have good audio. That that game is held together by duct tape. Why do I like all the games you hate this past two weeks? What do you mean? I like Warzone. I just hate oh. that how it's made. I still see, play and I, but <laughs> no, Matt, don't you see when you say you hate how it's made, you're saying that you hate how I am made personally no. because I like Warzone. So when you say bad things about Warzone, you got to understand you're farting in my face. You're twisting the knife. George, you're, George when you're I'm crashing every other eyes. session, that's terrible. When the, the download oh, is over a hundred gigs, that's terrible. Oh, you that's... just called me fat. Oh my God. Oh my God. No, that's like unacceptable, but everyone likes the game so much that they're willing to accept like ludicrous, like unoptimization. You think I'm one of them? Huh? You think that's me? You think I am, I am one of those people you're talking about right I'm, now? I'm one of those people, George. We're both in the same the dumb camp of like, oh, I play Warzone even though this game keeps crashing on me when I'm... <laughs> <laughs> when everything is going well, I, great, I, if if you turn off the motion blur and the depth of field and the post processing tessellation off, stuff, man. I like the frames, I, that, man. That game I feel looks better when you turn all that shit off because because yeah. the image gets cleaner, yeah. and and it it also was a lot more stable <laughs> for me after that. So maybe maybe you just needed to to check check your options. Maybe that's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the reason. <laughs> I mean, I'd have no idea because. Because from what I could see, George was uploading the YouTube version of the podcast at the same time. So that dropped his stream quality down to like 240p toaster level. So I had no idea what the game looked like. That was a 10 gigabyte upload. Why is wow. it 10? It should not be 10. It should not be 10. But for whatever reason, Vegas made me a 10 gigabyte file. You need to switch those settings, up. George. You need to, switch you those need to use nested, nested stings in... Uh, Premiere, so you can have our wonderful yes. animation. I figured out the the render times. I got my render time down from twelve hours to just two hours this week, so I fixed that problem. Twelve but whatever hours. Yeah, the first uh, the first version of the Patreon background took twelve hours to render, and now that that's been baked, it's going to be faster next time. But that first one was a twelve hour render. By the way, www.patreon.com forward slash Sons. I forgot what website it was for a second. Twelve. Hours. No, George. Come join our Patreon Discord. 
It's been lovely. Pretty lit in there. Pretty fucking lit in there. It is pretty fucking lit. I ain't gonna lie. Come watch our Patreon background. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, stare more intensely into the background right now so that that 12-hour render can go appreciated by someone in the world. <laughs> yes. 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 Have you continued with Persona? Uh, a, a little bit. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we should move on to Liam, though. I watched that play Persona. It made me angry. Where, where, where was it? Made he? a lot of people angry. I think. Yeah. I'm. I was still figuring it out that day. Okay. I figured out a lot more by the end of that day than when I started. All right. My Look, fucking god. That game. George pacing. Weedman, you have a distinct problem with judging a game far too early, especially when you know what you're getting into. People are saying, hey, this is a game with a really slow start. It's a fucking 60-hour-long JRPG. And within the first three hours, you have an, a bucket list of criticisms about No battles games. in that first three hours. I mean, even in the six hours, like the, the uh, struggling with the Midnight Channel and getting stressed about missing How it. How they keep hinting that you can watch the Midnight Channel on a rainy day so the weather changes midway through the night after you don't get the option to... Like, wait and check yourself. That, 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 that stuff is buried in the dialogue that had me save scumming, that had me, like, squinting my eyes and zooming the fuck in on tutorial messages because the grammar and translation is weird and stuff. And also because a lot of the, the gameplay mechanics it was trying to teach me about were not available for me to dick around in the menus because I was skipping battles during the first part of, of that dungeon I got to because I happened to get the shuffle time to have oh, the hermit God. card that makes enemies ignore you. Like, oh, I, wow. I he get is not it. a persona guy at all. I guess fucking not. This is the first time in my goddamn life I've ever played a Persona game. Forgive me. <laughs> apparently, I'm playing one that has a worse version of the SMT combat system that I that I apparently would like better. That does play more like the Pokemon games. I, I disagree with that. I, I with. think Persona plays a lot better than SMT. Fuck that. Well, I've I never played Persona Three, so I wouldn't know half this shit anyway. Give me a goddamn break. <laughs> <laughs> George, you're okay. You're, you're you're among friends. No, I'm not. I'm three decades old. I've been to Japan three times, and this shit is not quirky and unique and cute anymore either. Like it just feels like I'm seeing the same tropey shit I've seen a million times before. Except now I have like real life context for how that subtly relates to someone dying on a train that I was personally waiting on because it got delayed. It just being oh Japanese anime high school. That's not enough for me anymore. I, I actually might have gone down way bigger of a rant than I was initially planning with that one, but there you go. Damn, those are some fighting words, dude. Those are some fighting words, George. Safe to say, I think this train left. The comments might be a little bit more mean. The reason why that's yeah. fighting words is because you've played so little of it. And, and, and it's still 15 hours. I feel like a hook should have happened. And I'm now. saying this as a guy who definitely agrees with I shouldn't have to wait 15 hours to fucking for it to get good. And in this game, it's way more than 15 hours. Well, I'll say Persona 4 is way, it gets you in way sooner. There is a lot of good dialogue in this game. Like a lot of good dialogue. There's a lot of really bad dialogue. I mean, yo. If if you had to think on any like all time favorite scenes, though, have I gotten to those yet? Because no, no. I, six hours I, you're, in. You're in what the, the second dungeon? I am not six hours in. 
Oh my god! You, you, you're in a second dungeon? You're nowhere near anything. I'm not in the second dungeon because I didn't know what I was doing in the first dungeon until I replayed it a second time! <laughs> yeah, you like went up to the boss. Yeah, you're not going to be able to do that. Um, hey, I just walked past all the enemies. Why can't I defeat the boss? No, I know why. It's because I didn't fucking gr- Don't think I don't know this shit. I do know this shit and I'm just- <laughs> grappling with the infinity of of how long of an obligation it's going to be and how I want to get out of that. And and yeah, the other thing is it's not 2008 anymore. You can't just have something be anime themed in Japan and that be enough. Oh man, George is George is going in on this game. There is a specific reason why Persona is such a smash hit series, right? Mm-hmm. It hits on the Japan notes that people love that's why three maybe is not as popular because it's very misnomer in terms of like where it's set. It's Tokyo, but it doesn't really have very much Japan theming and is a lot more along the SMT Shin Megami Tensei lines of just being a weird RPG about demons and whatever. But four was the first one that really tried to hit upon the fact that it's about the Japanese culture of a, of a Japanese city and everybody knowing each other and, oh my God, people we know are going missing and the police are involved and all this kind of stuff, whatever. And it's the first time the Persona series did that. On top of that, the pandering parts don't exist outside of anybody who just wishes they could visit Japan, like ramen restaurants and little jingles in the store and working in a combini. What about cute little girls who have no personality because they love everything? Nanaka is just the... The little sister. Like, they have that in uh, Western pop culture tropes all the time. Like, <sighs> she's the Aya. <laughs> you know, Aria or whatever. Like, she's just the little sister trope. It's not a Japanese thing. The way She's supposed to have some deep, complex character? Not th- not to say that she she doesn't play a part, but, like, she she can't be some... She's a kid. Yeah, the, po- the pop idol character is about as far as it goes in terms of, like, Japanese pandering. And also the beach... Some kids are basic, man. You got to understand. Some kids are basic. I've only played for 15 hours. What is that? Like two work shifts, uh, almost a whole day. Uh, what do I know, right? Well, you don't know as much as me and Matt. 15 hours, but how, how how much game have you played in 15 hours, though? Not a lot. Out of all those 15 hours, I might have only had like a one hour long dungeon run session in this latest stream that Liam was watching two, three nights ago. <sighs> And it was the second dungeon. No, it was the first dungeon. I said that two times. <sighs> Wait, didn't it's even the, the first. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, to get to okay. get back to the pandering thing, I think it's important because you said it pandas, and I don't think it does panda that much. I don't think it does compared to. I'll give you an example after. And the reason why Persona is the most popular JRPG is because outside of the battle system and stuff like that, it's so different. Really, we're thinking the Tales series, or um, maybe. Even, you know, Final Fantasy and stuff like that. There's a lot of, like, fan service. There's a lot of pandering. You know, they're they're very... I don't know. The stories don't really go too far. We're talking, you know, those types of games are more, I think. And I don't know. Okay, so this this game is Japanese 2 era. Sometimes you forget, but sometimes you remember. Reason why, like, I find this story fascinating. Because some areas you're like, wow, this is... This is good. Like when it's good, it's good. And you're very surprised, I would say, especially for a PS2 game. And then you have these moments where it's really fucking pervy, like really fucking bad. 
Dude, everyone's so horny in this game. And a little, just a little bit sexist. Just a little bit sexist. Oh, a little bit? Just, just a, a little, little bit? bit sexist. Like, you're, it's you're... really fucking, like, there's one thing that comes to mind when Liam is saying pandering is Yosuke. Yosuke makes fun of Kanji for liking dudes, right? Because of something that happens. And he doesn't, at first it's kind of funny, but he doesn't let up. You know people like that. You, everyone mm. knows that person who, who makes gay jokes, who, too heavy on who gay does jokes. not make gay jokes now, but wants to make gay jokes. And his character is fascinating. And we were having some, I don't know why I have deep conversations about Persona, <laughs> but I was having a deep conversation about Persona, and I was just like, the, it is so cringy sometimes that Kanji has to be gay, or it doesn't work. Guess fucking what? In the beta, you co-romance Yosuke. Interesting. Voice lines <laughs> and everything. And they took it out? And they took it out. And that, hmm. and that right there, it kind of like made me okay with liking the game because there is some moments where it's just like, okay, this is pretty bad, guys, guys. Well, who? Because it's just like a a a a fight. It's like you have probably like one team that's writing most of the good dialogue, and then you just have like probably some stern Japanese men that are like, no, it needs to say this about this. You know, that's the, in my mind. I don't know how it works, but in my mind, that's how I see it. Because there's just these little moments that just do not connect with the rest of the dialogue, at least in the English subtitles. Mm. I, I don't know if they're different in the, if people are watch, uh, listening to Japanese audio. But yeah, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. But um, yeah, man. Um, yes, the, the game has lots of bits where, Things like that, Yosuke being a, a fucking homophobe is, is something that's actually realistic in the game. And yes, being PC, it doesn't create realistic characters. Look at the world around you. This, this is anything but PC. And more people like Eric Andre and all those type of comedians every day because they want to get away from kind of like, oh, I have to say this, I have to say that, I have to say this. Not to say what Yosuke is doing is correct, but Yosuke having the realization that he's gay, that he likes your character or whatever like that, and maybe mellows out throughout the story. If only the game actually went that deep and actually changed the dialogue as you did um, romance, but that's like me being a hater of like, you know, a PS2 game that obviously did not mm. have the the, the, the capacity, the, to, be the capacity to. <laughs> to do that. Yeah. It would be quite interesting. But yeah. Sorry, did, did I go too deep? I, I've lost you guys. Did I, oh, no, did no, I no, lose you guys wonderful. here? No, I, uh, <laughs> that's what we're all here for, my, my, my dude. I mean, it's still not going to convince George to play the game, though. Yeah. No, no I'm going to play know. more of it. Where is the line, George? Where is the line? You know it, you're not going to reach I'm not at the right? line yet. It's more talking with people about Persona is more frustrating than playing Persona. So, well, do you actively not enjoy it? No, do you not I, in, 
I, I don't at not actively enjoy it. I'm not like having the time of my life either. I'm having like like on the upper end of the medium spectrum because it is fun. There are fun, lively characters. It is it's such a refresher too compared to all the other games I'm playing nowadays. These like grimy, gritty first person Western shooters. Persona Four is don't get me wrong like like as much of the arguments as we had about it like it is such a soothing breath of fresh air having this game take place in a school in the real world with 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 happy fun cute people it, i i can't lie i'm in a hole here right but the music is so good and the art is so good and i haven't gotten to you know those moments where the writing is so good but I, I at least see hints of it there. When I boot it up and hear that theme song, I'm smiling and I'm happy. The frustrations don't kick in until like 45, 90 minutes into a session. But mm. um, I just, I just, you know, have my list of stuff to talk about because I'm, I'm on the podcast. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. So I'm not, I, I was having more fun with, with um, Warzone and Hunt Showdown and I'm not like, like having a blast with Persona 4, but I do want to keep going through it and see what happens. George, let me tell you, you have a long way to go and if you're not into it now, you might be wasting your time. I'm just giving you a, a heads up because Unless you get bit by the bug, you're going to have to do a lot of grinding, my friend. And it will gnaw on you. I like the game, but fuck. Well. I am fucking tired. I am fucking tired of this game. Okay? Matching socially. Imagine having played the PlayStation 2 version. <laughs> One of the things that at least happened last stream was that a lot of the shit didn't make sense to me until I went back through that dungeon again for the grind. Like mm. fusing personas to your social link is a gameplay concept that was sailing way over my head because I had no personas to fuse because I was skipping so many battles. So when I went back and grinded, I, I do think things will go smoother from here on out now that I know the system is better. I, I definitely like the cards. I didn't say this last time, but I definitely like the card system compared to like talking to them and trying to get them to be your person. I fucking hate that shit, man. I'm a, I can't maybe it gets better later on in Persona 5, but I'd rather just but, pick up the card. <laughs> like, like one of the things that I think is tripping me up is how abstract a lot of this stuff is. Like, why, how do you explain teleologically in the universe that a shuffle time happens after a battle? What determines that? Do the enemies die in a certain way? Do cars, cards oh God, spew George. out of their guts? You don't see what a shuffle, what does a shuffle time look like? I can't this, believe this is the question you ask. There's like a lot of terminology and jargon. Words like, like fuse and arcana and alignment, stuff that does not make sense until I click it and play with it myself, but I did not have those variables in my inventory because I was skipping shit. It's it's complicated. It's it's frustrating. It's it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Tune yeah. in next week for the same conversation again. <laughs> I'm gonna keep fixing that broken machine. I might be into some other grimy, ugly, western horror first-person shooter, but I'm gonna keep trying to fix this broken Persona machine. Oh my god. What a mix of views here on the podcast. <laughs> I think Matt and I have had, like, opposite tastes for a three-week stretch. Huh? We like, we like Warzone. We just play it differently. Drastically different. And I feel like I watch and 
have sucked in way more information about Warzone. So like when you say something, I'm like, no, George, that's the wrong way. And that's where it gets, it becomes like annoying with, with like me being like elitist and stuff like, oh, no, no, George, this is the way you're supposed to play. This is the way you're supposed to do it. it I'm, the, I'm like that classic dude. It's because I played too much of it. So it's just like, I'm, I'm being a douche. <laughs> I'm being a fucking douche. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the only thing. But we, um, what else though? Like Warzone, we played together. And what else have we played that are the same other than Persona? Nothing. Well, I was also thinking of A Way Out. You know, we have oh my God. We I completely forgot about it because why it's would it? Why would I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that game is out of my life. <laughs> okay, there's one last dish hope for me, and that is that A Way Out gradually becomes one of those games that Matt will like look back on with humor and laughter. That's only that's my because last of Pat. Hope. Only because of Pat. That's it. That's still valid. That's still valid. That d- is still d- a valid reason wrong. to me- have those memories with Pat. You're, you're absolutely not wrong. Yeah, absolutely not wrong. And I mean, mm. I mean, but that's for every co-op game. That's for every co-op game. It's like Still I, I, I think your 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 mileage will vary for every co-op game you play. If you play with someone who's not open, who's not like I don't know, cool to play some shit with you, like it's not gonna be as as it's not gonna be as fun. Everyone has played games with certain types of people. Sometimes some experiences are better than others. Sometimes you don't want to play league with the guy who uh, rages a lot. You don't. You absolutely fucking don't. I've not. I don't remember even the last time I played a multiplayer game. <laughs> I'm so far gone in giving a shit oh, about playing online. No, I think you're just becoming an old man. Okay, you're becoming an Yeah, old you've man. got responsibilities, you've got duties. Guys, time zones suck, man. I want to. Are we you've trying. Got... You join patreon.com forward slash dadandsons slash dadandsons. Oh my god. And we're doing it. We're doing it. We got the Community Nights thread. We're okay. gonna do it. I swear we, he will stop eventually. I swear he'll stop eventually. <laughs> Next week on the Dad and Sons podcast, you'll get to hear about us playing Titanfall 2 with the community tonight on the Dad and Sons podcast. Mm-hmm. Patreon. Pa- pa- Patreon.com slash Dad and Sons. Oh my God. You shills. <laughs> so, so yeah, Liam, you're, you're an old man now. I am. And, and you have work and, and professional projects. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, how, how, how are they going? Yeah, same as usual. What is it like being an old man? I don't know. It's honestly weird because I've not thought about being 30, having turned 30. It's scary, isn't it? It's, it is. And it, mm-hmm. it, like, it's scary to think that 10 years ago I was 20 and in 10 years from now I will be 40. That, you know, I'm it's, in that dot. It's gonna happen. Yeah, it's weird. I'm kind of embracing it though. I'm kind of okay. Like, I don't <laughs> tend to drink spirits or like you know whiskey and bourbon and kind of that kind of stuff but some friends purchased uh some japanese stuff for me for my birthday because you know when you're an adult the only present you get is alcohol we, we, we should also clarify you don't like to drink spirits but you do like to drink oh god yes like i do so i sat down with the lights off i made a coke high a japanese coke highball uh, you Romantic. know, put some of that bourbon and coke. 
and put on some some hootie and the blowfish. And I started playing Curse of the Moon too. Okay, um, Bloodstained, right? Yeah, so the Bloodstained yeah. spinoff that surprised everybody a couple of years ago, myself included. They already made a second one? Yeah, I was very confused about that. The spinoffs are getting more games than the real thing. <laughs> yes. So obviously the spinoff came out before the actual game, like two years ago. I remember seeing a bit Summit, then it got released immediately after. And I, I loved the shit out of it. I remember talking about it on the pod saying, man, this game is such a surprise. It's Was it really better good. Than, than the real thing? It's totally better than the real thing to oh, me. No. <laughs> um, but the second one came out and, you know, it's bigger, it's better, it's got more characters, it's got a bit more of a story. But it's got the same DNA genesis of like this NES demake feel to it. And sat down and started playing it. And then I was like, damn, yeah, this series is pretty good. Got to the second boss and I got annihilated. And I tried like 10 times and I couldn't beat it. And I was like, oh, maybe I am old. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I don't have the time to keep replaying this. So I actually put that on hold because one of the new things of Curse of the Moon 2 is that it has two-player local co-op. Speak of the devil. Speak of the devil. But this is not a game I'm going to play with uh, with my, my lady. So what I have done is I've recruited a friend of mine um, who is going to come around next week and we're going to do the same again. We're going to drink some whiskey and we're going to play through it local co-op because he is very good at video games, even though he is older than me. And he will carry me so that I can feel good about myself. And I'll finish a game. I'll finish a damn video game. <laughs> and then I'll feel even better about myself. But up until the second boss, I got to experiment with one of the new characters, which is a girl with a spear. And her mechanics are basically Shovel Knight. She bounces off the spear, jumps up and pokes things. Got a nice bit of range. It's good fun. It's much like the first game. It's a very surprisingly impressive little NES uh, game. It's great. I do like it. I highly recommend it if you like the first game uh, so far. But the second boss is bullshit, and <laughs> I'll need a friend. Does that co-op have online? No, it's local co-op only. I don't know if I'd be able to play it with anyone, but this game looks fantastic. The reviews are super positive. It looks as good as Shovel Knight. How does it compare to Shovel Knight? So, so that's the thing is like, I think they've really beefed it up. Like if you look at some of the boss sprites for this game, they are, they are quite impressive. Like compared to the first game, which did have one quite impressive boss, like the guy in the gold chamber or whatever but in this one the boss is straight up from the the first boss which is like this nightmare dragon griffin type thing is pretty tight very good pixel art very very nicely done there's a lot of good background sprite skate like parallax stuff which is stuff i've been doing for the golf project um so it's been super inspiring to look at that um yeah yeah, some really good smoke um, and fire effects too. Like it's gorgeous color stuff. directions. Like like you'll see everyone kind of being the sh everything being the same shade of blue except your character popping out. Yeah, I mean they tried to stick to the NES limitations. I think you know they could have maybe something might have been cool where they do the messenger type thing where this was a 16 bit game instead of an 8 bit game, and then like you progressively get up to 
Bloodstain being in 3D, that would have been good. That's but. what's giving me so many of the badass Shovel Knight vibes, though, is um, like how many, how much black solid color you see in the backgrounds. Like it's bold. It looks like neon. I think this hits a bit more NES. I still think Shovel Knight does a better, better job of personality than this game does. Some of the colors sometimes seem a bit random. Like they just palette swap things. Um, but no, it's it's good so far. Uh, you know, I'm only about an hour in, but it's it's good so far. I'm gonna try the local cop, have a nice time with my bud over some whiskey, and then uh, I'll join you gamers in the pantheons <laughs> of gamer success. In the future's future, games are canceled. Gaming events are canceled. E3 has been canceled. It doesn't feel like it if you've been uh, exploring the Devolver Land digital interactive playable marketing booth experience, which they released with their <laughs> video roundup of announcements. <laughs> yes. So, nice yeah, segue. I tried. I fucking tried. This is a really, really clever, fun news mention. Um, Devolver Digital. Oh, I did play this. There's another game I played. <laughs> you did. I I tried, Liam. I fucking tried. I'm sorry. I failed you. I played this for one specific reason, and I was impressed, but I, I played it for one specific reason. Matt, mm. have you heard about this? Her, what? Which one? All right. So E3 got canceled, right? Right. And Devolver Digital doesn't actually do an E3 show anyway, right? They do their their Devolver Direct, where yeah. they, they have a, a skit show and, and seg- segue the trailers into that. This year, they released a first-person E3 booth exploration game. A horror it game, basically. pretty good. Why? Oh, it's Why does tight. it look good? The mysteriously abandoned Devolverland Exposition Center is filled to the brim with trailers and demos for Devolver's hot new releases for the upcoming year. You, you the player, explore the Devolverland Explo in first person and watch these trailers in first person and, and explore other secrets in the Expo's cancellation. Break into the convention center and avoid the advanced security systems to watch and retrieve all the trailers, gameplay demo videos, and other exclusive secrets. Um, while the game itself features no violence or gore, there are trailers and gameplay videos for other games that players can view that contain gore and violent scenes. So even though the, the Devolver Land Expo game is, uh, is, is technically all ages, make sure you, you aren't letting your kids play them unsupervised <laughs> because it's not all ages. <laughs> it looks pretty cool, actually. Yeah. So I, I wasn't going to check it out. Um, I I was I didn't even watch the direct, but then I woke up in the morning and I saw uh, a message from a friend. So, yeah, d- indulge me this because I'm very very proud. So I have a friend called Tamar in Kyoto who I go to lunch with every Friday. He's a wonderful oh, friend. Oh, we'll indulge you. He no, but he this is different. This is not dev friend. This is very personal, dear. Oh, life friend. A regular person. Yeah, a regular person. He's a lovely French lad. I didn't know you hanging out with those, uh, Liam. Yeah, I do. There's <laughs> like yeah, three of them. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> I have a girlfriend who doesn't play games, Matt. What more do you want from me? I'm okay, trying. so that makes two. That makes two. 
Right. So anyway, Tamar is a, a great guy and he lives in Kyoto, this wonderful young Frenchman. And, you know, we, he, we have our little club, our little gang of people. We go, we go to lunch every Friday. Anyway, Tamara's been making a game called Olia for, what, must be three years now? Three and a half Wait, years. I thought you said this wasn't a game dev. But... Yeah, I wasn't going to say it. I'm glad you said it, George. No, no, I said he's still in games. I said he's still in games, but he, it's not a friend through development. It's a friend who it's in his lives veins. in Kyoto. We go to the bar together, we, you know, yeah, hang weird. out, have barbecues at his house, regular friends. Stretching the definitions. We move goalposts. A man's worth to Liam is like the, the, the games he's played, you know, the game. I bet Liam's mom makes games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Liam himself is a game. Yeah. Liam's girlfriend is probably making oh games. Oh my god. Not letting him know. <laughs> Do you guys want to fucking shut up for a second? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Delicious. Tamara's been making a game called Olia for like three years. And we've been watching. He's made it entirely by himself. Completely solo. Um, made all the art, all of the sounds. He's developed the whole thing. He's built up this whole wonderful world. And it's centered. it's a game centered around this like magical spear that has this really crunchy, wonderful combat. And, you know, we've been watching it progress weekly, showing us stuff weekly at the Friday lunches and stuff. And, you know, he's been trundling along and, you know, he's just making it by himself uh, for a company called Skeleton Crew here in Kyoto. And then, lo and behold, secretly this year, Devolver got involved. And, you know, he kept it secret from all of us. And this huge thing, then the Devolver Direct happens and it's right there. His fucking game and like, I'm I'm blown away because it's just this thing that we've seen on Fridays and you know just you know your buddy who's got like a little personal project going on you know you're like oh good yeah. job mate it's going great good <laughs> <job>. <laughs> you're like you know test play sometime and and then you know it comes out and there it is Aaliyah and looks great and he's obviously been making amazing progress but then the icing on the cake was the Devolverland Expo thing because it has a booth for every game from the direct and obviously they've got massive games in there serious sam you know uh the fall guys uh shadow warrior 3 whatever it was and there like in there is a small area with all of tomas art like for the game like all of the stuff he's been doing all of his pixel art all of that kind of stuff like the stuff i've seen thousands of times and you walk in there and he starts talking and every booth in the Devolver Expo has, like, the director of the game talking about that game. And, you know, you got Ralph Con... Uh, what's his name? Ralph Con... Something. Later. The guy who used to run... Um, the guys who make Dishonored. Arcane. You know, mm-hmm. he, uh, he's got a new studio. And his game's, like, Wolf's Eye or something. He's talking about his game, and you're walking through, and it's all these... And then, you know, walk up, and it's like, Aaliyah! And then right there, you walk in, and Tamar starts talking, and, you know recognize his voice immediately and the music i was just i felt so proud (laughs) like of seeing his progress and seeing that happen it was the most surreal thing it was such an amazing like almost had a little tear in my eye of seeing it so proud of him and it really was like the first time i think i've personally ever seen like a, a really dear friend who you know has gone from making something by himself, something he's super passionate about to then, you know, 
almost getting like a record label, you know, signing with one of the biggest indie publishers in the world, Devolver, and then, you know, the Devolver Direct having like half a million people watch it. And there's this there's this wonderful adventure game that has this great combat. And yeah. it it was so great to see. I mean, the Devolver Direct was awesome anyway. I think they did a really good job. The old man uncle from Nintendo skit was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And then just seeing that, yeah, I was so proud. It was like, you know, my partner knows his partner and him and her, like explaining to her who Devolver are and why it's such a big deal. She was like, wow, that's incredible. Like, it's amazing to see something. Yeah, it was awesome to see, I think. And the Devolver Land Expo, outside of being, you know, something that had Tamar's involvement, was such a neat idea. And yeah. a really interesting way of getting people to look at those games. How do they have it set up? What What are these advanced security traps you have to avoid to watch the trailers? You have to go through like some sort of, it's basically like, it's the E3 conventions there, right? It's the whatever, the Los Angeles Convention Center, and you know, and it's, it's all, it's all like, it's blueprint, it almost exactly the same on a smaller scale. And there are these, it's like closed and the security bots are basically protecting the convention convention center and you end up getting like a t-shirt gun. <laughs> you fire t-shirts. That's what that is. Yeah, you fire t-shirts at like these security bots <laughs> to like daze them and then you sneak past them and then you get like a this glove thing. It's marketing. It's like, like shitty marketing gimmicks are incorporated mm-hmm. even into the gunplay. <laughs> There's so many jokes. It's great. It's like buy a t-shirt and stuff like that. It, it visit the Devolver booth for uh, to progress and stuff like that. It's really it's really interesting. And the way to progress is it asks you to visit every booth, and then you know you have to stare at a screen, and then the screen you know opens a video full screen, and you have to you have to watch the video halfway through before it allows you to skip and carry on so it is it is full-on marketing drink your verification can citizen it's very well made though it's quite it's a bit buggy i mean but it was very well made there was one laser puzzle that was a bitch and that did was no fun but everything else was pretty fun oh and shit well i guess that guy's game is gonna flop now because no one got to watch his trailer <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of people did stop after that laser uh, puzzle. It was a bit annoying. I wonder if there's like someone at Devolver who has a, a spreadsheet in front of them making correlations between how many lost sales are connected to that laser puzzle being too difficult. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, no, I thought it was quite smart. The direct was very good. Direct. I gotta say direct. Speaking of clever first-person adventures... Um, Jeff Keighley did a final hours for Half-Life Alex, and he released it as an interactive digital art book this time for $10 that you can buy on the Steam store. And it includes some details on apparently what were busy projects taking up a whole decade over there at Valve between, uh, episode two and Half-Life Alex. There were five Half-Life games that were canceled between those two. And we have details on what Half-Life 3 and Left 4 Dead 3 and some other um, not final, not elegantly named prototypes that they had in the works. One of which was a Minecraft clone, believe it or not. They were making a Minecraft clone called RT. They were making a Dark Souls slash Elder Scrolls um, inspired clone that they simply codenamed RPG at the moment. 
they were making a Borealis game that was going to take place on on the time traveling ship that was big, big deal in the cliffhanger ending from from episode two. And there's a little bit of new details about their first um, VR prototype headsets that they were calling Vader. Apparently, they made a prototype that they designed, quote unquote, without compromise that would have cost five thousand dollars per unit. So it was, it was a face mask then. It must have been. If they got if they codenamed it Vader, it was a face mask that like or a helmet mm. that completely surrounded you. Ooh, I wonder if it had smell a vision. It's gotta be like uh, a full helmet if it was called Vader. Smell a vision. So we could have had Darth Vader helmets, but you play in. Com- shake my head, game industry. Yeah, if you want to pay four thousand dollars. Uh, Left 4 Dead 3 was apparently going to be set in Morocco. They had the Kerbal Space Program team working on a VR prototype called Sim Trek with literally no other details. Interesting, considering what's just happened to that studio. That's all, all, all the Valve projects. I'm like, wait, what happened to them? <laughs> uh, the Kerbal Space Program team were making KSP2, and, and they were making it for, I might get this wrong, 2K? think it was 2k and then one day yeah. 2k turned up and were like hey we formed a new studio to carry on the development of this game because the owners of the, of the studio making ksp2 don't want to agree to these terms for the game so we're gonna we're gonna carry on we're gonna take the ip and we're gonna carry on making the game at this new studio that we've just formed hey all of you guys should come join us at that new studio we'll give you a bonus we'll give you a sign-on fee and all this kind of stuff uh, yeah, so the studio that was making Kerbal Space Program 2 basically got split in half. And then I think the original studio closed down. And now there's a new studio under 2K that is making Kerbal Space Program. I think it's 2K. Are, are, are these the wrong. same people at, at Valve? I guess the the ones they're referring to might Maybe. be sure. former KSPs who ended up at Valve. Either way, though, I'd, sounds cool. Sounds like like a a different way of of um getting your art book merchandising hype out of ten hardcore fans for a ten dollar sale after launch. I've had a friend of mine who was at least super duper happy with this purchase that they made, and that's a lot of um news of canceled projects to be including in an art book like this. But since it's been a decade, I suppose it does make sense. It certainly sheds some light on what they were working on. It still seems so weird to me, though, that of all the items on this list, none of them made it through besides Half-Life Alex. Like they, um... Kind of doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise you that they didn't pursue a Minecraft clone more yeah. thoroughly? Because why would you? They followed through with clones of other games like Artifact, and that didn't go down too well, did it? Um, you know. I do, it makes sense to me that the project they ended up with was one that they can promote something they're interested in, which is selling VR headsets, furthering that as a field so it allows a new market, which they are one of the leaders in. And also, it's a Half-Life game that people have been starving for, and if they fucked it up, well, they can just claim it's not a real Half-Life game because it's a VR game and it's not an actual single-player experience. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. They would have been okay if it was shit and disappointed people. So doesn't surprise me that that was the one that got through. Eventually, all the other games had a lot of hype. Obviously, that would have generated around them and they could have disappointed a lot of people. They would have made a lot of money, but, you know, I don't think 
I don't think Valve give a shit about that, do they? There's so many here, though, and this also Matt is is showing us that that he has scrappers on his phone. Hey, I I I went over to the dark side so I can oh play play your game, Liam. Oh, Matt, you're a star. Oh, yeah. I hope you enjoy it. Play it. Play with the controller, please. <laughs> I don't know if I have a Bluetooth one. Actually, give us. Give us a month. Give us a month. Give us a give month. Us a month. <laughs> give us. Give us. Oh, one so I just, month. I just won't play. For so a month. <laughs> I, I, I also just want to throw out there. Remember, like a month ago, there was that arcane documentary where you also had things like, like an episode four that was being developed by Arcane and Return to Ravenholm. Yeah, there was a shitload of of canceled projects on Valve's plate over the past decade. Like, like we have a list of. I'm gonna count them. Uh, <laughs> eight, eight games. They got a load of money. It happens. I don't know what to tell you, George. <laughs> Valve canceling eight games over ten years, I guess, just does not have the punch it used to, huh? This, this something else. I think about the silence. You know? No, it's. It, I mean. Half-Life Alex came out. If this was something that came out and then you were like, oh my god, Valve haven't released a project in, in years. Yeah. Now this is what we're hearing about. No, it doesn't surprise me. What do you think they've been doing for 10 years? Not just been sat there. They've obviously been making stuff. Yeah, he's in there eating those like, oh, we should make a game at some point. And then they just make Alex. They just make it. Yeah. Yeah. We're just gonna, just gonna turn up every day. <laughs> the stereotype, actually, like, I don't know if this pokes holes in the idea of Valve not being diligent about taking these projects seriously over the past decade to completion. Valve don't need to be diligent when it comes to their game software. They, they've been folk. They're not EA. They're not Ubisoft. They still have. A, a rather small studio compared to most studios and a lo- and they have three teams software team vr team and then steam team right so i don't think they have the ability to be you know 10 years when you did eight projects that is you know if you think that's almost a project a year some projects don't work out and this is the thing is like i imagine most of these games got past pre-production concept phase and some maybe have gone into post uh, into production, but then it wasn't working out. But even then, like usually pre-production and stuff like that is going to take you six months to a year anyway, especially for big projects like this. So with the team sizes they have and the culture they have of people swapping, uh, you know, rolling their desks and joining other teams and seeing what meshes with people in the office to make majority. I don't know. Seems kind of like why. Seems kind of like how this would happen, especially when you got money and it doesn't matter. That yeah. still doesn't sound normal. It isn't normal. That I don't know. It's still not company. It's, They're it's a storefront, not... a VR company, and they make yeah games. the three teams. It's still I don't, I don't know if you would say that paints the best of pictures though. But what? Why? What? What is their canceled projects on you as a consumer? If you enjoyed Half-Life Alex, what does it matter? If the end product was that you got Half-Life Alex, I don't know. It's it happens to every studio. Games get cancelled all the time. But there's that 10 years of inactivity. Not many companies most companies in the world could not 
come back from that. In that 10 years, they made Dota 2. They made Portal 2. They made Artifact. They've made games. We're just talking specifically about two franchises, Half-Life and Left 4 Dead, that haven't been added to. They made three games that I can think of. I'm sure they did some more. And they made a VR headset. And then, of course, they made Half-Life Alex. So technically, they made four games. The two games in question you're bringing up came out like seven years ago. I don't know if it's as peachy as as you seem to be portraying things. No, it's just that I understand the reality, whereas you can't grasp that games get cancelled a lot. And when a company has a lot of money, like Valve, I actually don't think it's their prerogative. They don't act like normal studios. They have a culture internally where teams choose projects based on how they feel. And it can go for 10 years without that. Tell me, well, yeah, 10 years is a lot. But I guess tell me, uh, Liam, if this works. Mm. In terms of a YouTuber, they don't want to make a a video that's not up to the quality of their previous video, like lower than the quality of their previous videos. So they end up stop doing it stop doing obviously this is 10 years but yeah you could kind of tone it down to a youtuber life of like months i would say because i know i did that where i'm like this video's not good enough and i would scrap it and i played through that whole game and i was just like this it's not going to be a good video you know it's just like and i just delete all the footage and just move on to something else I mean, I can, I can totally understand where you're coming from, right? I think, yeah. I think we have to be realistic and logical about what pertains to the expectations. Obviously, Valve looked into, you know, sequels to these two popular franchises, of which they have a quality bar that these prototypes or production on these sequels did not reach. And even the Arcane game, they had people making that, did not reach their internal standard of quality for them to bother putting them into full production. So they did do that. And they had other games that they wanted to make at the same time. Some worked out, some didn't. On top of that, I imagine after releasing Half-Life 2 and also with the Orange Box releasing and TF2 selling like a, a bajillion hats a day and Portal coming out and selling like a million copies and then Steam blowing up. I'll be honest, I think whoever was running Valve at that time outside of Gabe Probably was like, hey, let's shift our focus a little bit. And then the Oculus comes out and VR kicks off. And you've got to think, like, Valve have probably been doing VR prototypes since, like, 2010, maybe 2011, when the Oculus was kicking around. So they've been doing that as well. Years go by, and as we know, video games take a long time. I imagine it's just that time slipped and the Valve time thing is real. But the, the logical thing is that they did look in this. It's not that they didn't want to do it. Or, and I imagine maybe they did after a certain point when you try th- three attempts at a sequel and none of those three work. At that point, you're going to be like, I don't know. I think we should just give up on this. Like, we're wasting time. Unless something comes along where they're like, oh, hang on. What if we go for this perspective, a VR perspective on this, where we can explore this world that people love and, and we have something that matches the innovative nature of the gravity gun, which is Alex's hand, you know, her gloves. And then that seems like the the driving inspiration for that game to get finished. 
All those other yeah. games maybe didn't have the innovation that Valve were looking Valve were looking for. Fall. That matches like the gravity gun and the technology. As we've seen, you know, we've been kind of in this, you know, lurch where graphically maybe 4K and lighting and ray tracing and stuff has been the technical advancements for video games. But generally, games that you play now, you know, you played Bayonetta in 2010, action games peak then, <laughs> and <laughs> hasn't changed much, right? So I think there's plenty of logical conclusions to this. One is money, Valve don't need it. Two, Steam is now the juggernaut it is. And VR came along. And I imagine Valve, which is predominantly a company about innovation, were really into that. And then make, or not only then production on making their headsets, but then making a game based completely around that. And as we've seen, I think Half-Life Alex is the best example of what VR can do right now. It's the most triple A of VR games. And that's because Valve you know, spent a long time on it. I think there's a lot of, a lot of logic. I don't think it's that out of this world, to be honest. Leah, no, I get it. I'm not happy about it. It just <laughs> looks like shitty project management. Like, it looks like shitty project that's... management coming from a place of financial security that created a culture. But what of... would you rather the opposite? Like, a game get managed correctly, but the game comes out and it's mediocre compared to Half-Life 2? What would you want? You like, don't. I, and that's what Alex was. <laughs> Alex should like, have come out like four years ago. I don't understand. Absolutely. I As agree what, with that. VR game or the VR game? Uh, yeah. I don't think it, yeah, but it wouldn't have existed if you yeah, think yeah. VR games four years ago. There's nothing you now. can do in Alex that you couldn't have done on Matt's original Oculus. Well, well, yeah. Like I, I, I would mean like at least sometime years ago, instead of it just being now. I feel like now it's. It just the stuff yeah. that was used in there. It was just it's too late. Like back then, I think this game would have been amazing for me. Now, af after playing VR for so long, playing that game was just like the optimization is not good enough. Blah blah. blah. You know, just me saying shit. You know, it's just like and it's just like okay, well, this game was good, but sixty dollars is a lot for a VR game, even though it's pretty long. If it's gonna yeah. be another ten years. I don't no, give no, a shit. No, no, it can't be. It, they already started but the ball rolling. It. It's so funny because you will still play it. Like the reality is, if it's if it's twenty thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I played it. You kind of have to though. We kind of have to. <laughs> I might be dead by then. You I might, might have be, kids. But you also might not be. And to be honest, if a game comes out in twenty thirty, the video game landscape is kind of how it always has been, and we talk about it on the internet. Please no. It, it 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 will come out and you will play it. So, I can't believe people even give a damn about what happened to the G-Man and the Combine after 10 years. It's fiction. It doesn't matter. Man, we got like a real planet that's going to burn up in 10 years. Oh no. Oh no, George is going down deep. He's burning, man. We should we should we should just do the listener questions. Uh, <laughs> I will admit, final thing, I will admit it does feel like Alex came and went. It didn't have the impact. No. It came the and FF7 went. The FF7 remake made more of a splash, and that depresses me. That kills me. But I think that speaks But I think that speaks more about VR than it does about Half-Life Alex. That no. still depresses me and kills me. My depression and killing is still valid. Sorry, guys. 
Anyway, list of questions because Matt's got to roll out of here like a Yeah, badass. Matt's got to roll out. Matt, you ready to answer some questions like, fast? Like, Liam drops a bomb and just like, all right, let me go to the questions. All right, yeah, yeah. All yeah, right. Go ahead, let's do it. All right. Um, <laughs> if you would like to ask some questions to the Dad and Sons podcast, then pay $5 to Dad and Sons Patreon at patreon.com slash dad and sons. Oh my God, you guys are such chills. Good. And or, email. And still email. It's fine. Or, or, or email dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to be alternating between some inbox and Patreon questions if we have time. If not, we're going to wrap things up in the middle of a sentence. That's going to be hilarious. Alan Y. from the inbox says, Hey, Dad, Star Citizen just crossed $300 million oh, in crowdfunding. Jesus. Will this game ever come out? Is there a point in time where people will stop donating money to it? No, we were just talking about <laughs> we were just talking about Valve. Speaking about speaking of the devil of games that are taking way too long, yeah, yeah, taking a f- sweet fucking time, and literally years pass by, and you look at the game, and yeah, they've made some strides, like it looks better, but like I find it super interesting because, like, do you consider a game that's come out in early access to have come out? No. I, I kind of do. I don't know. I kind of do, because the game is there to play, right? Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, if there's a release, then it's out. There, it's technically... And Star Citizen is an early X game, and that has been out for like three years. So I, it, it's weird to me. It's not not the same, because it's like not on Steam or anything. It's just like something you have to buy ships for, like with cash, with real money. You know, it's not like $20 on Steam. If the person selling it says it's early access, then that's got to still count for something, right? Yeah. Like, like if you get yeah, sold yeah. a car and they say it's a prototype car, you're going to think, okay, this is not a real car that's finally released for public consumption, even though I'm putting my life at risk by driving this thing that might not be fully safe yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like Stussin is a mess anyway. There's a lot of problems I agree. With it that we know, but... It's it's kind of like this new type of game, like Warframe and that kind of thing, where it has like a base version of it. And then once you're a part of that community, the game just keeps getting updated over and over, like time after time. And it keeps luring you back in and you just keep playing it. And then one day it will reach 1.0. But it won't have changed the fact that you will have been a part of the community. I feel and like anybody jumping in at 1.0 anyway when this game does come out is going to have no fucking idea what is the game. Will this game ever come out? Yes, um, it will. It already has, arguably. Uh, is there a point in time where people will stop donating money to this game? I think no. Nope. No. Nope. There won't be. It, it, it's one of those. It's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, fuck. Yeah, we talked about <laughs> we sorry, we talked about this when I think when we first started the podcast, and I talked mad shit yeah. because people were buying spending two hundred dollars on fucking ships. Of a game yeah, didn't we, did that you, you literally could, like, you could barely fly in, and you needed a system uh, to run it too. Like this is like for like high, this is like high tier gaming. This is like you got money to burn. Yeah, they have a literal convention about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I I I don't get it because I'm not going to pay two hundred dollars for a ship for a game where I can't have a full experience. Like, yes, you can walk around and maybe do a couple missions with friends and stuff like that. But, like, I can do that in Elite Dangerous. Maybe not. Well, in Elite Dangerous, it would work. I won't fall through the floor. But still, like, it's like it won't you won't be able to get out the the ship and stuff like that. Like you're doing um, Star Citizen. But it's still not there. The the social stuff is not there. Like, that's what 
that's what you're gonna be playing so um star citizen for is for like everything everything's built into it you got vr you got it'll be like alt space but in space with space combat with elite dangerous mechanics with all this stuff but it's not there yet and i just i don't feel comfortable buying in and it it, it'll be released not this year not next year not the year after that because it just seems like they move at a very snail pace. Every time I I, I watch those uh, announcement videos, and it's just this, just this small. But it, dose. at some point, it'll happen. Like as sure as turning thirty, and as sure as getting old, and as sure as the planet getting hotter, and and the the governments getting all more and more disorganized and divided, it will happen. It's <laughs> it's either gonna release in a really bad state and people will forget about it, or it'll release in a fine state and and mm. after years upon years of of anticipation, it'll it'll meet some sort of fan expectations and be fine and fizzle out. I think it's past a hype window of having a fantastic launch, but it'll happen eventually. If there's a time to fail it'll be now when everyone's distracted. But if <laughs> once once everything is calmed down and and you come up with a shitty product after all these people have given you money. Ooh. I don't want to dwell on it, but one last thing I want to point out is that I think the term early access is a marketing lie at this point. I think it's selling the exclusivity and the value of having an early experience before uh, other people. But what you're really buying into is a community that's already well in development. Mm -hmm. You're not, if you get into an early access game, that's polished and, has people yeah we got I, I want to be super clear early access like for that for those guys compared to what how useful it is mm -hmm. for indie devs is a wildly drastic yeah yeah i wish the term was instead continued development or or continued support early access sounds like something that has more value as a consumer it's like selling a coke for 99 cents instead of a dollar i think it's kind of a misnomer and just there for marketing purposes the game's builds have been out Therefore, the game might as well be out. I I hope I hope it does turn out good for the people who yeah, have bought I mean, it because I have friends that have bought it. No one wants to a bad come game. out. Like even yeah. if you're not that interested, right? Yeah, yeah. J Justin H from the Patreon Discord asks: With the current situation in the world, what does cooking like for each of y'all? Has has it changed from before? What, <laughs> what does cooking look like? Sorry, I'm I'm rushing. Um, I did a couple keto pizzas. I do salads. I do. I mean, I, I send pictures to these boys all the time about this stuff. And I forced George to not eat sushi, sushi from the kilo pizzas, keto, keto, keto pizza. Well, now, now I'm just eating whatever. Cause the gyms were open, but like now I'm going to have to go back and like kind of manage my carbs and stuff. What's a keto pizza. Oh, uh, pizza with no carbs. Yeah. Well, low carbs. Well, very low carbs. Very, very. What do you low use carbs. for the crust? Um. So it'll be almond flour. You can change it up. Uh. You. you okay. Can use, cauliflower. Yeah. <laughs> cauliflower as well. Yeah. 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 There's uh, also a coconut had, uh, flour version as well. Yeah. And depending on what flour you use, the the it, it gives you a different taste for the bread. And it's clever. Yeah. I, it's, I bet there's some sweetness to that almond dough too. Yes. Almond dough is just two good words. Yeah. Yeah. Almond it's it's dough. it's good shit, man. That's good shit. It's crazy what you can do nowadays because people put themselves in such strict diets. It's like you end up finding like some really interesting stuff and pushing the boundaries. So he's like, Okay, I don't I want pizza, but I don't want carbs. And you just can you just buy some ingredients and make it yourself. It's pretty easy. Pretty fucking easy, man. 
any anything you you need to stay away from and and get like certain like macros done it's, it's perfect macros. Like, yeah, I, don't, I don't i don't count my stuff i don't count my stuff let me let me not yeah, act I like did, i do, you do I, years ago fuck that like, shit yeah dude yeah, you do it, was, it once and you're just like no all right i understand what i need to eat i'm just gonna free ball it and go to the gym that's it. no i like calorie counting it feels like a game Crunch that numbers, min max, so your on brand for you, George. <laughs> you, you can't play Persona, Jesus Christ, boy. I'm sorry, I can visualize what a calorie. Okay, okay. Actually, this is a fun question. I do visualize calories when I eat them, and I imagine like a glop of slop, like like one calorie in my brain. I imagine Gross. a penny sized or dime. Exactly, it helps. It helps me visualize what I'm putting in my body. The grosser the visual the less I want it inside of me. I think that speaks to what you put in your body, George. You so, are what you eat, George. So my food has been shitty since the lockdown. Um, you know, <laughs> well, here, here in the American Southeast, uh, we're, we're back where we were on March. Um, mayors issued full lockdown, having a civil war full? against the governor who wants a, a phase two reopening. But, um, full lockdown? Full? Yeah, yeah. We were on do not leave the house rules this weekend. Oh shit! So I made one Cali. last trip to the California. I made one last trip to the grocery store on Friday, and since then I've just been eating like saltines with hummus. That's uh, I like to buy sausages and just eat them with nothing else, and that'll fill me up for six hours. Um, no, I don't. I don't even like really make meals anymore. It's bad. You, uh, I just get some eat, green like, smoothies, George. Get some. Get some. Get some of them I'll, I'll keep like like a there. big salad in the fridge and and sometimes just shove my hand in and <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah um yeah and graze a bit uh yeah substantial <sighs> snacking rather than meals is what my diet has devolved into it's, it's I will occasionally chips, have huh? like a good protein filled snack or veggie filled snack I don't even have meal times anymore yeah um, I wake up at a different time every day. It, I I go to sleep when I feel I hate it. Ah. To 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 answer, I guess a little bit more. I would say I was eating very protein focused, which is very fucking boring. Let me tell you, fucking boring. But now that the gyms are closed, I think I might just go back to doing a lot more vegan meals, man. To be yeah. honest, yeah, and start just you like you don't like protein. I I don't oh, I don't like meat like that. But the thing is, I was vegan for six years. You don't shake it. You just don't shake it. When you feel significantly better on something, when you find whatever your body likes, your body just like you just kind of know. You like okay, I'm eating this, and I significantly like I, I feel weaker almost. The, yeah. the 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 Japanese know all about eating food, right, Liam? Uh, I haven't said anything because mine's not worthwhile saying because I'm a terrible cook, but I have been trying to do better. I'm recently trying to limit how many calories I eat a day. As it's well all as sake. Regularly it's all sake. Times a week. But thankfully, it's I all networking. It's all networking yeah. sake. You. So, so <laughs> well, has... Liam, Liam is not, he has no expression when I'm saying that to him. There's some truth I... there. <laughs> he has no expression. <laughs> I can't believe he hasn't talked more about this, though, because I am really curious to know how Japan's food culture has changed from the virus. Because uh, here in America, like, people don't eat out or go to bars or... Oh, well, I mean, we're open now. We're open for business. 
Has that changed at all? Like, because in Japan, like, they love eating food. Japan cares more about food than most other places in the world. Yeah, but, you know, most Japanese people are very good at cooking or have some basic knowledge of cooking up Japanese dishes, and so they do it at home. But now we're not in a state of emergency, and we haven't been for a month and a half. So bars and restaurants are opening. One last question. Have there been any lines during coronavirus from at any point? It's definitely harder to get into places because they have the social distancing for tables oh. and two meter stuff in Japan Ooh, I bet for that's everywhere. Rough. Like if you go to Starbucks and stuff, it's impossible to sit down because all the seats were already taken. Starbucks God. in Japan? Yeah, it was so cramped to begin with. Yeah. So basic, basically weird. everywhere is at half capacity because there is a, there has to be a two meters away from each other. So um, I haven't been out. Uh, I've been to one bar and it was like, it's a it's a Japanese bar, so it's very different to like a traditional bar. It's just this place I went to is like a sake place, and there's a huge. He has this beautiful wooden table, and that's all it is. It's basically an open storefront, this huge square wooden table, and just everybody stands around it. You can only have like ten people in there max at one time, so you know that felt a little less dangerous than is, going to a place. Is restaurant delivery popular over there? Yeah, we have Uber Eats in Kyoto. I mean, it's pretty popular with me on a Saturday morning for a McDonald's breakfast. Hey, boy! Hell yeah, yeah. I've definitely been relying on that a hell of a lot more than I used to. Prices for that have gone down too since the virus. Do you have like the Do you have the drop off option? Like we have. I love how leaving shit at someone's door is now contact free delivery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Leave it on the doorstep has become contact free. Uh. Uh safe delivery what, what what's the jargon what's the new speak in japan they just call it drop off mm. oh, drop well, off delivery i can't wait drop it until... your door, ring your bell and then they run away <laughs> yeah yeah ding dong ditch is now drop off delivery speaking about ditching i uh i have yeah, to yeah go we got to get you out of here matt's out because he's ready to jump into the patreon discord channel oh. Spend my, all day. Yeah, I'm not going to work at all. <laughs> Chatting with his wonderful friends. Yeah, oh my Thank God. you all for listening. Remember that you can follow us on Twitter and subscribe to Super Bunny Hop on YouTube. I wanted to uh, actually do some shout outs this week to Ryan Lafford for our hilariously gruelious theme song. And also thanks to Henry Ng for the animated video background. Everyone, try to have your darndestly wonderful week. Also, before we leave, very quickly, I'm going to be releasing a demo of the golf game this weekend. <gasps> no fucking how you way. Say it, how are you going to say it to, drop to in everyone that. before you say it to us? Like, how is that? <laughs> because I forgot. Because I've re- this is why I've been working really hard. Because I've been basically doing my day job. And then as soon as I clock off, I've been basically doing another day job <laughs> until like 2 or 3 a.m. I to want get this it thing before. Finished anyone else gets <laughs> you, will. you will you will i almost sent you boys a build today but then i was like there's no point because there's features missing but anyway there is a virtual indie showcase at the end of this week um that is being organized and it will there it's a part of that and there'll be a demo hopefully available on itch for people to play i'll link it somewhere it'll be Please. on twitter but yeah send me that demo give it a, give it a, give it a give it a shot yes give it, away, give it away give it away give it away now i'm asking for so long all right. It's really challenging, so please don't have me. <laughs>